Welcome back to another episode of Meet the Creatives. Today I am joined by Met. Here we go. I'm going to get it right the first time. Mathieu Beton, right? Is that right? Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good for an American. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a cool it. name, man. That is a, That sounds really good when you well, introduce yourself. What's funny is as a kid, I didn't think it was a cool name at all because... Um, in French, beat means penis, so my first, half of my <laughs> last name is, and, and on means we, so people used to say, we penis, we penis, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. So, but then as I, as I grew older, I, I really liked my name, and then, uh, you know. That's, that's so funny, my, because my last name is uh, jo- Johnston. I'm showing how young I am here, but Austin Powers came out, and they would go, you know, there's that scene where it's like, Johnston! So the whole, oh, yeah. my whole high school was people saying that, and I was like, there is a T in my name, and they're like, no that's one cares, funny. Rob. We're yeah. still going to say that to you because we think it's hilarious. Oh, when he looks up in the sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's funny. I tried watching Goldmember the other day. That movie sucked compared to The Spy Who Shagged Me. I don't know what happened. They, they, it didn't age well. Like maybe at the time it was kind of funny. You yeah, know, but... I think it was like uh, very... That was uh, the one with Beyonce, right? Yeah, like, but I mean, how do you not land it with like Beyonce? Yeah. I don't know. Something, I think they just tried to like, tried to do the exact same thing. But anyway. Yeah. Well, we're here today to talk about you and your incredible... Uh, I, you're very talented. I was saying before the podcast. Well, thank you. I found you through John Mayer, and I was saying about how cool it is that. Full disclaimer, by the way, for people who don't know me well, I'm a huge John Mayer fan, but I promise today I'm not going to fanboy on it. But yeah, I think it's just so cool that he gives credit to you know artists like yourself who are doing incredible things. Yeah, the the I got to give a lot of props to John because, uh, you know, I met him through Dave Chappelle, and you know, I really never. You know, I, I loved his Continuum album. Like, I remember when that came out, I was, like, blown away by it. For sure. But initially, I didn't really get John Mayer, you know, and I was, like, this soul funk guy, you know, so, like, right. the first record. And then I saw him on Chappelle's show. I was like, this guy must be cool. <laughs> He's right, on Chappelle's and Dave's show. hanging out with him. Right, and, for sure. And, you know, this is way before I knew Dave. But um, And then, like, as I got to see him do his thing with Dave, I was like, I had no idea this guy was so funny, you know, like he's right. so genuinely like he, he really could have been a comedian if he wanted, you know, for sure. And could still be. And, and then I realized he's like a real down to earth guy who, you know, maybe there's different conceptions and perceptions of him. Right. Like because over the of, years kind of a thing. Yeah. Right? Because of the, the past and the whatever. And, and then, you know, people focus on, Oh, you dated this one and dated that right. one. But, but then I was Nonsense. not only blown away by the musicianship I saw, and then when he started doing these gigs with Dave, but the, how like kind the guy is and how supportive. And then when I, you know, when he started like posting some of my photos, I was like, well, a lot of people, um, you know, do not credit me. And, and, you know, they just, you know, to each his own, I guess. But right. the fact that he always did that and always insisted on, you know, even the fact I'll, g- I'll give you an example the fact that john like i'll send him a bunch of photos and he'll ask me is it okay to post this photo you know just right. that alone so That's many so artists cool. would not do they just automatically post it they don't credit you like i remember you know like justin bieber who you know i'm not a fan but posted one of my photos once because i'd shot a photo of like him and lenny kravitz and jagger in paris and like he had begged me for the photo and I finally sent it to his email that he gave me or whatever. And of course he posts it, you know, no credit. I mean, whatever. It's like, it's not to compare because I wouldn't expect uh, Justin Bieber to think about 
photographers. But, uh, but no, yeah, it's, 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 I mean, this is a real thing, though. I mean, this is something that a lot of people definitely face. I mean, it's like when yeah, you're at that yeah. level, there's something that's kind of cool about just putting like an emoji or something. And I think for artists and photographers, we need to strive to to make it a thing where you do get credit because like maybe we don't have to live in a world where everything is like copyrighted or everything is like a, a legal situation, but I think we should right. at least live in a world where people are getting credit for their work. Absolutely, and, and I've struggled craft. with that a bit. Yeah, And I agree. John had actually mentioned something to me once about like how, you know, it's so important to him to credit the photographers that he thought there should be like metadata on Instagram that automatically has a photo photographer credit, you know? For sure. That's just the kind of guy he is, which I really appreciate. So. Uh, so that's that about John Mayer. I yeah. appreciate his his uh, support. How did you get into photography? I know you also do some kind of like design stuff, but how did you get into photography? How did that happen? Well, yeah, actually, I've been mostly a graphic designer for like 25 years. I started as a teenager, and photography was always a hobby. I always collected cameras. I always loved, you know. Yeah, like a camera is your thing. You're the, the... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, it's funny because my godfather in France had given me a, a like a – um it's a funny story like when i was a teenager and uh, uh it was called a leica flex r and i never thought it worked and because i was taking photos and the, the pictures would come out blank right and so we sent it to leica um and leica sent it back saying it was broken blah 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 and then he i gave it back to him and then he just switched the battery and it worked perfectly. Wow. <laughs> like I, had to, I didn't know that the, you had to switch the battery in the old Leica. But, right. uh, so, yeah, so I, I used to, like, in high school, I used to shoot my friends. I used to shoot bands. I used Same. to do, like, little, like, you know, nude shoots with girlfriends or whatever it was. <laughs> I, got, I got really into graphic design, and I guess that really took over for me. And when I moved to New York when I was 19, I uh, went to NYU. And... Nice. I'm familiar with that. Yeah, so I basically just, you know, went full on, got a job as a graphic designer, went to school full time, had a job full time, so I never slept. And was it like branding? I, like what kind of uh, design? Yeah, it was, it was. It was. Well, the first company I worked for was a company called Gray and Gustafson, and that's what they did. They did branding for all retail stores, so that we would create brands. So it was fashion, and right. I would do all the packaging, all the T-shirts, all you know, the embroideries. So you know, I took this job while I was at NYU and uh, kind of, you know, started like nine bucks an hour or something, you know, yeah. and started doing some really successful work for them. And I kind of bullshitted my way into the gig by having a, cause I didn't have a real portfolio. I just had a bunch of fake stuff that I'd done right, just to show what I could do. And, you know, they were impressed by that. And, you know, I had a portfolio of fake album covers cause that was my dream was to design album covers. Right. And, that's so cool. So, so, and that's a cool story that the portfolio that I had that I showed at this interview, uh, I probably ended up doing about 90% of the fake album covers, like the artists that I did fake album covers for in my first fake portfolio. Oh my God. I would say 90% I ended up working for all those artists and that designing album so covers. Cool. So, so that was kind of like, you know, the secret thing that they talk about, you know, the laws of attraction or whatever. Oh, for but, sure. That uh, stuff's definitely so, real. Yeah, so I was really kind of tripping on that when I realized that. And uh, another example is a friend of mine I went to boarding school with in France, like, you know, when I was like 10, 11, 12, 13. And 
I guess I used to make these little compilation cassettes right. and I would design them. You know, I would do like letterpress. And um, when I did in 2006, I worked on uh, Ultimate Prince, which was a Prince two CD compilation that was sort of like his last um, wow. release in his Warner Brothers agreement. So I kind of worked between him and Warner Brothers and. And when it came out, this guy hits me up on Facebook like, hey, we were in school together and I still have the cassette of this. It's basically the same thing that you just that my wife just bought this CD and I see your name in it. And I realize, holy shit, this is like the same thing he did when he was like 12 years old. Wow. And I'd completely forgotten about that. So there's a big part in projecting, I think, with my career. And so basically to get to the photography thing. So I, I had a successful career as a graphic designer, art director. I switched from fashion to entertainment because I was just bored in fashion personally. Right. And I had too much too much passion for music and film. And yeah, I love entertainment. So, and so, you know, I was still doing my little shoots and I, I started shooting all my friends' album covers, basically. Like guys like uh, my friend Chris Pierce in L.A., uh, another guy, Trevor Manier, Shane Alexander, like just kind of like all these friends of mine uh, started shooting everybody. And then... Um, Record labels, My uh, a guy named Jeff Aroff, who I consider sort of a mentor, a dear friend, is a guy who was uh, co-chairman of Warner as he was at A&M, and he's a legend in the industry. Also did album covers, but, you know, became head of the labels. Um, yeah. Started hiring me to do some work for Warner Brothers, and basically, you know, Warner's Universal, I started shooting album covers, and then uh, in 2008, I in Paris, I reconnected with Lenny Kravitz, who I, I had known for at that time, like 20 years, wow, really? uh, That's 30, crazy. 30 years now, you know, like kind of family friend and to to work on uh, anniversary edition of Let Love Rule at the 20th anniversary. Right. And funny enough, I just did the 30th anniversary vinyl, basically. So it wow. just keeps going. But um so I was doing Dude, that. You were the I man. Started, this is so cool. Like, I'm yeah. like so, so I started. I started designing merch for him We for this anniversary tour. And we did some gigs. Uh, he did some gigs at the Fillmore that I did uh, merch for, like posters and T-shirts. And, and then uh, while he was doing these Fillmore shows, I had a couple friends that had asked me, you know, if I could hook him up to shoot the show. And, you know, dear friends of mine that, that are legendary photographers. And what, one thing I'm, I neglected to say was that the reason I hadn't gone full-blown photographer yet is I was too insecure around all these great photographers that I knew. And they were just, I was like, I'm never going to be as good as these guys. I'm so happy so you say I, that because that's how I feel so, right now. Yeah, so I just couldn't. <laughs> I just couldn't call myself a photographer. It's taken me like a decade to even say, hey, I'm a photographer. Like, And it rolls off the top, yeah. you know. I still feel weird about it. I feel weird about and, saying it, but I shoot all the time. So it makes no sense. Yeah, so so it's, yeah, it was it was a tough one. And and so one night after, like, I'm seeing a couple of my friends, you know, I asked Lenny, is it cool if they shoot the shows? He said, of course. And, and then I just kind of had like this light bulb moment. Like this is, and, and people had been telling me that a lot, that I'm always hooking other people up. Right. I'm always like connecting people and they end up going off and making millions doing this and that. And, you know, me introduce this person to that person. They start a business. It's huge, you know. Right. Um, and, you know, people with the design companies. And, and so I was like, wait a minute, why am I always having other people do what I know I can do? You know, so the next night I asked Lenny if I could 
possibly shoot the show and he was like oh you you shoot i was like yeah yeah, i do photography too i have a camera with me and so he says yeah go for it so i shot the show i was supposed to fly back to la the next day that was in new york at the fillmore irving plaza yeah and so basically after the show he's like let me see what you got and i was like no 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 i was so like i'm not showing lenny the photos like on the camera i gotta like edit them the way my camera setup is yeah (laughs) Yeah, i'm like no no no. you you know i gotta do my thing and he's like no let me just see the camera and he just kind of starts looking at the back of the camera and he's like oh shit and he calls craig ross his guitar player he's like craig come over here and he's like look at this shit he's like where are you going tomorrow you're going home i was like yeah he's like no you're coming on tour with us and and you're gonna shoot the shows and what so so basically you know lenny gave me like that big like forced me into like officially okay this is what i'm gonna be doing now you know That's so i was so also and i was also doing you know designing merch and designing packaging albums and stuff like that so so that started a 10-year relationship um uh with you know lenny as a creative director and photographer and right. videographer i did a documentary uh video yeah, i saw some of that stuff that link that's in your bio is pretty ridiculous right, I love right. that. that's fire so, so, you know, all that kind of stuff and, and uh, started doing all the anniversary editions of his albums for Universal, mm-hmm. uh, which I was, you know, I do for the Marvin Gaye and James Brown. I mean, I do a lot of catalog work. I love doing that stuff. Like literally in the past week I've done like, or in the past month I've worked on like three Marvin Gaye projects, three what? Parliament projects, oh two God. James Brown projects. You know, it. it that's I love Marvin Gaye in a non-trivial deep. way. Like, I, I hate when people yeah. try and trivialize Marvin Gaye. Like, oh, right, yeah, like right. that's that's the song from... And you're like, no, 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 enough. That's yeah. You're crazy. Marvin, Marvin yeah. Gaye is one of the most talented artists. Oh, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a DJ uh-huh. and, a, and a guitar player. That's where the John Mayer thing comes in. But uh, I love music, and I, I love Marvin Gaye so much. Like, if you put that on at the right time and, and the right setting, it is yeah. a unbelievable experience. I just got to design the new uh, album, You're the Man, which is an unreleased album from 72. What? That just just came out. Yeah, you should check it That's out. That's on Spotify? It's doing really well. Yeah, I'm sure it's everywhere. Oh, I just word. did a double vinyl, and it's coming out on CD as well, and it's everywhere streaming. It's called You're the Man, and it's a whole unreleased album from 72 between what's going on and Trouble Man, basically. So it's genius. Oh, and what's going so, on is one of my favorite songs. You know, so I get to work on all that stuff. I get to design all these, you know, records. And so it's just such a, so exciting to me. But so did that, you know, so from Lenny basically kind of catapulting me into this, you know, way uh, more legit photographer status. You right. know, I just started shooting nonstop and i got really excited and started doing you know more street photography and shooting other artists and um just you know one thing after the other and then uh, still doing all the while doing all the, the art direction and graphic stuff and you know just uh ended up connecting with Leica cameras, becoming an, a Leica ambassador. And so shooting with them is a great honor. And I'm, you know, for sure. I have like a crazy collection of, of, uh, their cameras and did a campaign for their latest camera, you know, and then working with all these other artists that I love and then blue note records, you know, took me on to shoot a bunch of their stuff and also design a lot of their album covers, right. Which I started by basically, copying blue note album covers like my first designs are total ripoffs of like classic francis wolf uh reed miles 
you know, album covers. So it's just, again, everything coming full circle. Right. And, and uh, you know, I just got to work with Ben Harper, who's a, uh, an old friend, but also one of my favorite artists, you know. And then my relationship with Dave Chappelle has also been incredible because working with him and he's so open and he's so, you know, uh, kind of lets me do what I do and um, it gives me access to some amazing people. You know, we did this Radio City Music Hall um, residency two years ago, yep. two summers ago. I remember it well. Incredible. I remember I was freelancing in New York and I couldn't afford it. I had like a goal to go to that show oh, yeah. and then I and I never ended up going to it. And now I have it like on the top of my bucket list is like see Dave Chappelle. And I've seen Neil Brennan. I saw him at the right. at the comedy store. I've seen everybody, Joe Rogan, Bill Burr, everybody but Dave Chappelle. I have to. And where are you based? In New York. I know it's ridiculous. Okay. I'm busy though. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm getting close. I will make it happen. I'll make it happen. How, yeah, sure. How did you guys end up meeting? How did that come to be? So funny thing about Dave. Um, so I have a, a dear friend of mine named Ruth Arzade, who was she was Prince's assistant and became Prince's manager in like the 2000s. Okay. And. We, you know, met through Prince and Prince's parties and all this stuff. I used to go to all these amazing, legendary Prince parties in the right. hills over here, the 3121 party. Oh, my God, that's so and, cool. Uh, you know, and met some of my closest friend, Afshin Shahidi, who was Prince's photographer at the time, who's a great guy uh, that you should talk to. He, he, was, For he sure. just did a great ex exhibition on his Prince photos. And, Send me a uh, list of anyone. I'll interview anybody yeah. that you recommend me talking to. <laughs> all right. I will. And so anyway, I made all these friends through Prince. And like one night I'm sitting uh, at dinner with someone in New York and Ruth texts me like, get over to the Gansevoir Hotel. Prince is going to play on the rooftop. And I'm like, Dumb. but she says you have to come along. You know, she's like, you got to come alone. So I dump the person that I'm having dinner with like <laughs> family emergency. Sorry, I made up some, some right. bullshit about, you know, having to get to some emergency. And then as I'm like, you know, running into the lobby of the Gensavort and, you know, the guy's like, nobody gets in. I'm like, I'm on the list. Ruth put me on the list. And so, you know, they see I'm on the list. They let me squeeze through this crazy crowd of people trying to get in. Wow. And then, like, you know, one of those like movie scenes where like the elevator is closing. I put my yeah, hand, it's like open the door black. and I walk in and, you know, there's <laughs> Dave Chappelle and I'm like, oh shit, Dave Chappelle, what's up? You know? And he says, Hey, we just say hello. No, right. no, like big conversation go up to the gig, have like one of the best nights ever. Dave goes on stage, you know, at one point plays tambourine and all this stuff. What? And, That's so and then, uh, so we just kind of had like our first handshake then. And then, uh, also Frederick Yone, who's, who's like the, a friend who's like the band leader for Dave's juke joints that he does. We're actually doing one next week in Ohio. Oh, wow. Uh, Fred played with Prince that night for the first time. They did like miss you by the Rolling Stones, a couple other things. Uh, he's become like a brother. So it's amazing the amount of people I've met through the Prince family. So so I met him that night. And then a couple of years later, I'm at Prince's house. And like Fred comes up to me and he's like, hey, you're the French guy, blah, blah, blah. And he's French too. <laughs> and we start talking. And Mathieu Beton. Basically. Yeah, that so was good. That was really good. There. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. And <laughs> so he and, uh, he and Dave are there. And we ended up, you know, having like a great night. And. Uh, it was after the Grammys. I came with Lenny, and we just kind of like. Um, well, I think that was that night. I sometimes mix them up, but yeah, they were like we ended mean. up hanging out at a few Prince parties. And right. Dave had this funny memory of like me talking with Prince and 
saying he thought I was a French gangster. Like he told, I, at the time I had like long, slick back hair, oh ponytail, always had a leather coat. So he's, you know, and he, he always <laughs> says like, he literally thought I was a French gangster and I'm like whispering to Prince. And, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> so we connected on that. And then, uh, 2015, uh, the same friend, Ruth put, put, uh, me in touch with, uh, Carla Sims, who's a, who's Fred's wife, Fred Yone's wife, everything's connected. Right. And, you know, she had me come down to shoot a show. She had been following my work and, you know, thought it would be great for me to, to shoot some stuff with Dave. And for me, that was such a dream because I was a huge Chappelle fan, you know, and, all, all everything he ever did, I was just you know block party, Chappelle show, everything. Yeah, I for was sure. just half baked. And that. so, long story short, like he, same thing. He kind of gave me this, uh, you know, unrestricted access. And at first, he told me he didn't really like having photographers. He never really did it, right. and especially during shows because it's distracting and stay in the back. You know, try to like stay out of the way. And of course, I'm a big dude. Mm-hmm. I go right to the front, and I saw him kind of laughing, like, okay, I ignored what he asked me, but. You know, and then he saw the pictures, and it was the same thing. And then uh, I ended up shooting the photos for the Netflix specials. Oh wow! Uh, you know, the the Palladium show, the Austin one. I wasn't there because I was uh, I wasn't around when when he filmed that. But and then for the last two specials, you know, I, I shot all the photography for the credits and and uh, publicity photos and everything. And then That's uh, crazy. we, you know, he even put me in the Bird Revelation, the last special. You know, I'm actually there's a part about iceberg slim and I collect it's one thing we haven't talked about, but I have a crazy collection of, uh, African-American histories, you know, uh, art records, books and post movie posters. And that's been an obsession of mine my whole life. So, you know, um, Dave if you want to share anything, I'd be happy to like put it out. Like we can do like as talked about in the podcast and then, you know, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And, uh, so David talked about iceberg slim and the book pimp. And I told him like, Hey man, you know, I have original copy of the, the, all Iceberg Slim's books, but I got an original pimp. I'll bring it tomorrow night, uh, at the comedy store when he was filming bird revelation. And then, uh, next thing I know, you know, I'm watching the special and he was like, talk about Iceberg Slim. And he's like, Hey, you know, as I bring him the book, he kept that in the special. He's like, this is Matthew. Matthew is oh, from yeah. France. You know, he's white. Yet he has a cop, an original copy of this book, so that gave me like the the street cred of all street cred. Oh you know? my god! And, but again, that that's another now. thing. Like like Dave is that kind of guy. I was I was completely stunned when I saw it. I was when like, I was left in. Who yeah. does that? Yeah, who does that? Like and and then when I asked him about it, he was like, "Well, dude, it's your book. It's not my. You're the one who brought the book. You're the one who spent your life collecting this stuff. And you know, I want people to know that's you. And that a lot of other people so would have just cool. used." A lot of other people would have just used it and had it in there, no questions asked, and you know it wouldn't matter. But so, yeah, that that was really uh, an incredible moment I for me. I remember that. Uh, that's so yeah. weird. I didn't even put two and two together. I mean, at the time, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know. If you watch crazy, it again, though. it's like thirty-seven minutes in. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it's but, thirty-seven uh, minutes and thirty-six seconds in. Uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> something so cool. like that. But uh, so anyway, so you've had the coolest stories, by the way. I just want to let you know, as oh, a, man, in terms I'm, of I'm like so cool Hollywood the, stories, you're winning so far. There's so many, so many stories. I feel like my passion, and it's like a combination of passion and destiny. You know, like I end up in the right place at the right time Same. so many times. Like so yeah. many times, I've attracted into my life these things that I'm so passionate about, and the only thing I've come up with. Uh, as I'm, you know, 45, I'm actually turning 46 next week is, is the fact that, um, when you're genuinely passionate, 
Yes. And it's not just like, a, you know, like you sit at dinner with somebody. It happens to me all the time. And you talk about a movie because I collect these, you know, black film posters and stuff. And they'll Google it under the table and be like, oh, yeah, I love this movie starring blah, blah, blah. They like give you the Wikipedia. You that's, know? Some, that's some and L.A. It, shit. New Yorkers don't do that. Yeah. So, I realized that. So, no, no offense. When I went out to L.A. last time, people would be like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. And I was looking at them like, no, you haven't. Like, no, you haven't. Well, what I do, what I do a movie. lot is I'll make things up. You know, like yeah, exactly. I, like, I also collect people. like Prince's stuff. I'll be like, dude, have you heard the version of Yellow Brick Road by Prince that he does? And they're like, of course I heard that. I was like, yeah, except I just made that up. You right, know? Right, right. <laughs> it's like, well, that's why I look I like before when you're like, you, do you see my video? You you realize that when you ask before, like, oh, you see that video? I back in the day, I'd be like, oh yeah, right. but like they, you don't want right, to be right, like, right. oh, what was your favorite part? You don't yeah, want to have exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, but but uh, sorry to so, bring it up. Go ahead. So no, no. So there's all that to say that I think that's how, you know, every day I'm like kind of pinching myself, you know, like uh, uh, just that I get to do what I love so much. Like I'm about to go in a couple of days to Minneapolis. Uh, Dave's got some shows over there. So I'm going to go do that. And, um, you know, just kind of following the love and passion, you know, and For sure. now, you know, my so older son, Miles, is like, you know, I got him kind of hooked up with a Leica and he's been assisting me for years. And now like he's he's going to Bard College in New York. Nice. And my younger my younger son, Julian, who's 16 this year, he's a basketball player and, you know, two amazing kids. And then like it's fun to see like how different they are. And then Miles is like now doing, he's at Bard, you know, and he's like shooting, doing his photo shoots. And it just looks amazing, you know, and it's just it makes me really proud to see that not only you carry your passion and work hard to make it, you know, happen for yourself. But then automatically it kind of goes down in the lineage, you know, yeah, and it's like, for sure. You know, and, I think about that sometimes cause I'm married now and we have a, you know, I, we're, my condolences. Sti we're still I'm like, kidding. yeah, exactly. No, but, uh, <laughs> I'm French. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, so like, but you know, we, like in a couple of years I'm going to have kids and I'm, I'm starting to think about this stuff. It's like, it's going to be weird because I always have all these things I want to share. It's like partially why I have a podcast. I just have this like need to like exp like express and share and talk about what I've learned and like go back and forth. It's got to be such a trip to have that with your kids from a creative standpoint. Yeah. Like my wife is a music teacher and I'm a DJ and a guitarist and I have this whole podcast shtick going on. And I just cannot wait to see what that's like. And like when you say you, like never in my life have I heard I'll have a 16 year old and I like I've never thought like I want that. Yeah, like, yeah. I started young because I had my first kid. I was 26, so you know. But yeah. I love that, you know. And and then like Julian, my younger son, it's so cool because now like he turns me on to music. Like he's sending me stuff, and you know I'm like the musicologist. Everybody who knows me knows I have like this crazy collection of music and vinyl, yeah. and and so all of a sudden guy. it's like it's so cool to have like you know my 16 year old turning me on to, you know, he's really into hip hop. So he turns me into on, onto a lot of stuff that I wouldn't even know, right. you know? And is there anybody in so particular yeah. that he's shown you that you've just been like amazed by? Well, it's so funny. Another weird coincidence. So his favorite rapper is this kid, YBN Corday. Okay. And, you know, recently I get a call to come, uh, um, shoot, uh, August green, who's like common, Kareem Riggins and Robert Glasper. Uh, Robert Glasper is an uh, incredible musician, right. dear friend of mine, and uh, Common, and I they're in Common, the studio. Yeah. yeah, so they're in the studio, and and uh, so the manager Nicole calls me. Can I come shoot at a and Well, it's no longer a and M. It's uh, 
whatever the uh, Muppets thing is, right. Henson. And yeah. uh, I, I'll always see it as A&M Studios. But right. so, you know, I go over there and then like another friend of ours, Terrace Martin, who's an incredible musician, producer, dude is like, you know, as good as it gets. And right. from the whole Crenshaw music scene, but worked on Kendrick Lamar and oh, you know, wow. a lot of other stuff. I love um, he rolls in with this this kid, right? And this kid's like kind of rapping and hanging out. And I asked Nicole, I was like, who is that kid? He looks, he looks cool. I got to ask Julian if he, if he knows him, you know? Right. And she goes, Oh, his name is YBN Corday. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding. Like my son literally just told me that's his favorite rapper. Oh my like, God. So then, so then I'm talking to Corday and I'm like, Hey man, I know this is annoying, but you seem like a cool guy. My son is a huge fan. You know, you see, I'm here. I'm a professional. I'm not trying to be weird, but right. you mind if I FaceTime? And he was like the sweetest guy. You know, we've been yeah. talking since and like right away is like really engaging talking to, to Julian. And, you wow. know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make it happen that Julian comes to the studio while he's working. But, but what I'm feeling is there's this new generation of gratitude, uh, a grateful new generation. Let me start that sentence over. Yeah. There's a new generation of grateful musicians and really talented. So whether they're rappers or musicians like getting into this whole scene with the Robert Glaspers, Derek Hodge, Terrace Martin, uh, Chris Dave, all these guys that are like, you know, a lot of guys I met through the Blue Note gig right. uh, are like blowing my mind. Like, you know, Herbie Hancock shows up at Robert Glasper's birthday wow. to jam with him. You know what I mean? Like, and I get to capture that stuff. But just to be in that scene and and just realize, like, I had a long period of time where I thought music was kind of dead, like right. real musicianship. You know, and then coming around these like Chappelle juke joints and these mayor gigs, like kind of everybody getting together, jamming, improvising. Right. That's a that's kind of a dead art these days, you know, yeah, like for sure. music improvisation. So to see these guys that are like as good musicians as there were, you know, these jazz musicians were back in the fifties and yes. the sixties and and to be able to meet people who are really grateful to do what they do, who are, who are really um, not only brilliant, but they're kind. It's like, it's given me hope for this new generation of music. Like, yeah, the, you know, just seeing this whole scene. And, and so that's, well, I think it's because know. like they're, they're artists that were, that were like created by the people. I think like, I, I've thought about this. Yeah. I thought about this a lot because of just, you know, kind of just like looking at the culture and being a DJ and knowing about all the artists and then you learn about their backstories and all that. And I think that the disconnect is, or the, the reason it's different now, is because it used to be like pre-podcast, pre-social media, it was like you needed to be put on by like, you know, NBC Universal right. or whoever, or, you know, Columbia Records, right? And they would like build up these stars where now the people build up the stars. So there, I think there's right, this, right. there's, you know, you think about somebody like Chance the Rapper who like came up on yeah. like mixtapes and stuff like yep. that. I mean, he's huge now, but like that was from SoundCloud. That's right. And without SoundCloud and without And that, same like, with same with uh, Corday, you know, all of a sudden yeah. he's hanging out with Dr. Dre and Diddy and this one and that one and Kanye and, right. you know, but he's fully just a SoundCloud. SoundCloud right. Well, kid, look at know? Russ. Russ and, was just doing like his yeah. own thing and people were yeah. like, this is stupid. This is stupid. This guy's a cornball. And all of a sudden, like one day, he John Mayer is on it and it's not a john mayer sample it's john mayer that was a real right. moment where it's like wow the right. 
the crowd well that's a, you know to get, to get back to john's thing is yeah. like the the generosity of like even like his current mood thing which i love it's so much Yo, fun. It's my favorite thing of the and, whole life. and you know i was joking about like you know how i like on sunday nights if i'm like in bed with my girlfriend i turn around and she's turned the other way looking at john mayer's current mood uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. on instagram and i'm like hey babe i'm here too you know yeah uh but we've gotten to like go actually in person and see a couple of them but i love that he brings like artists that he likes you know it's, yeah young artists it's, too, it's, people from the yeah it's like take, taking out the middleman you know it's like For you sure. no longer have to have the well the label has to approve this and da, 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 da. it's just like hey he'll reach out to somebody and be like i dig what you do right come on the show you know and i'm, I'm even discovering great artists through that you know yeah. so and the creative um, of it is so good because he does not like he has all the money and all the resources to make it kind of ridiculous. I mean, he did like that Vanity Fair thing, which was obviously that, that was, was kind of that that was, was over I, the top ridiculous. There, but you know, like, but outside of that though, I, from a content creator perspective, have been so inspired by what he's done with Current Mood because I used I would do the same thing John did with like the Instagram Live and on, on a tripod, but he right. cr made it like this variety show and right, then right. kind of just grew like showed that things could be kind of scrappy but then they could yeah. also scale and people can love it and i think he's only just begun with that so since you've had such great luck i don't know if luck is the word great success in networking and meeting people and i mean just from some of the names my mind is blown that you've done this i want to talk about like intent and your energy and and mm -hmm. what is it in your demeanor do you think that opens up all these doors because i just I was just in LA for the first time by myself and I was, I was talking to, uh, to Jeff Ross. It was my birthday right. at the comedy store. I'd never been before. And at 12 o'clock I was talking to Jeff Ross and right. I remember I was talking to him, but like a human being. And I have right. just, I've just learned this skill to just talk to people as they are. And we had like a real like moment and there, I didn't take a selfie. Right. I didn't do anything. Right. But I think it was like an unlock for me because I was like, hey, if you're just like not always going for the ask, you can kind of meet yeah. anyone. What have you learned in that journey? I mean, that's a big part of it. You know, for me, what I've learned is that my, the knowledge that you accrue right. is is what is the key to impressing. It's not like I'm trying to impress these people, but what what happens that these people end up feeling comfortable with me is the knowledge that I bring. And like, you know, I have a whole culture that i've that i've amassed of the things that i collect that i that i love that i you know basically have studied you know from black films and movies french surrealists like, i mean there's so much stuff right. that like i'll give you an example of like you know uh quincy jones you know who's yep. one of my favorites who's a dear friend of mine i just photographed him for a magazine cover not long ago that's awesome um a magazine called Ubiquis that'll be coming out later this year. And, and, you know, a guy like Quincy, like he doesn't need to do uh, a cool small magazine cover from New York when he's like turning down, you know, New York times cover, you know, right. he doesn't need to, to do it. Why does he do it? And I asked myself that question, like, what did I do right? That somebody like Quincy Jones agrees for me to come to his house and shoot this magazine cover, uh, when he, it's like Grammy week, he's super busy, or after Grammy week, you right. know, he's super busy, he's got too much going on, he's going to China and Montreux and Dubai and New York, I mean, he doesn't stop, he's 86, 
Uh, we just celebrated his birthday a couple weeks ago and uh, or a month ago. And I have no sense of time, by the way. Um, me, me neither. Don't worry. I'm so, sorry. so you know, I remember like, okay, so w- w- how did I meet Quincy? Uh, and this is just to give you context of what what your question is. It's just a long-winded No, for answer. sure. Go, so, go long on it because so, it's, I sh- it's you, kind of a long answer. Yeah, so, you know, I'm working with an artist and we go to a an event that he's playing at and I'm sitting down just kind of outside. It was uh, uh, with Jeffrey Sachs, uh, the artist I was working with. His name is Rocky Dauni. At the time I was managing, because I used to manage artists too, and I stopped that right. when I started working with Lenny because I just couldn't deal with the babysitting. And right. um, so, you know, I'm... I'm basically sitting with these women talking and they're laughing one is moroccan one is french and then you know this guy comes from behind me and he's like who's this man you know talking to my women something like kind of funny and i look around it's quincy jones and you know he was about to he was about to leave and he was coming to get his friend or his date or whatever and and i'm like man i gotta say you know that quincy's one of my heroes i gotta say something i see he's leaving right so like start speaking to him and I'm French. He goes, Oh, I, then he starts speaking French to me. Right. And then I say, you know, I, I know you don't have time, but, uh, I have a dream to make a, you know, I work at a lot of box sets and, you know, um, this is before I was, I got a Grammy nomination for my Jane's addiction box set that I did, but, wow. uh, but I was working on like a lot of special packaging stuff and I'm telling him, you know, I want to do a box set of all your soundtracks. Like you've done like 50 soundtracks and, and he kind of looks at me like, oh, how do you even know about my song? And I, and I was like, man, you know, like there's two unreleased ones, the one for honky and brother John. And he starts looking at me like, how the fuck does this guy know about right. these unreleased soundtracks? You know? Yeah. And I'm like, and the pawnbroker and slender thread. And I start naming all these soundtracks and I say, you know, I have them all on vinyl. I collect them. But, you know, this stuff needs to be properly reissued. And so he sits down and he starts talking to me. And, you know, it was like 11 p.m. or something. Next thing I know, it's 2 a.m. We're still sitting there talking about music. And he's wow. just telling me incredible stories. And we're talking about the movie Orfeo Negro, Black Orpheus, who's, which is my favorite movie of all time. And I, I have about like 90 different posters for it and records. And, oh, wow. and he's talking, he's like, oh, my person. I need to come to your house now. This is official. I'm inviting yeah. myself over. I need to go check yeah, this yeah. out. Yeah, Next time you're here. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, stuff everywhere. Wow. It's a museum. So, Holy um, crap. So, you know, he starts telling me that he was dating Marpessa Don, the actress from the movie, introduced her to the director. And we're basically like having this incredible conversation. I'm in heaven because I like I even I forgot like what I was there to do. You know, I'm just like right. in Quincy land. And, and then, it would be like know, for me if I met John Mayer kind of thing. Like, yeah, like if you just and, sat down and, at the table and was like, oh, like, tell me about your podcast. Right. But if you met John Mayer in another like. 50 years of career right, you know right, I mean? right yeah yeah even more <laughs> like 40 years right that's so like yeah like 40 years of career Max, or something. that's so true so so you know um so he asked for my number and long story short calls me the next day and invites me over to his house and like you know we we developed this relationship because he told me he was like man you brought me back memories that i hadn't thought of in 50 years and 40 wow, years like you so talked cool. about things that were completely you know, gone from my mind. And it's like, you know, the, it was a genuine passion driven conversation and where I'm so passionate about this stuff that I have. 
and that I love and collect. And, you know, some, sometimes I would like play, I remember I played, um, I was like DJing, um, a little party we had in Paris at Lenny's house and Quincy came over and I like played the theme from the Anderson tapes. And he's like, what is this? This is good. I'm like, that's you, man. And he's like, Oh shit. Yeah. Anderson, you know, like he's made so much, he's made so much music that he doesn't even like remember all, you know, it's crazy. And uh, if you haven't watched the Netflix documentary, run and watch it. See, I'm not going to lie. I did not watch it, but I will watch it. No, no, you definitely want to watch it. That's so So anyway, so all that, you know, and that brings on the access to all these people because every time I meet somebody, uh, you know, Melvin Van Peebles, one of my favorites, I got to hang out with him and shooting at, at home. It was the same thing. Like at first, they're like, who is this white dude? Right. And next thing they know, it's like, hey, next time you're in New York, you got to crash on my couch. We got to right, hang right, out right. more, you know. That's so I think it's just a genuine, you know, I'm a geek, like I'm a passion geek, you know. Yeah, and for and sure. a lot of the, uh, you know, 20 years ago when I worked on this book called What It Is, What It Was for Quentin Tarantino, it was the same thing. Like I was a Tarantino fan, I ended up working with him on this book and, and we hit it off in the same way because we were both like geeks about this stuff, you know? Yeah. And it's hard to find people that are not Wikipediaing it. Like right. that's, that's basically like to me, you know, 90% of the people you talk about something, they're like, Oh, I got to go to the bathroom real quick. They go to the bathroom, they Wikipedia, you know, yeah, something. That's crazy. And then they come back and they're like, Oh yeah, I love this. Right. You know, hearing your story kind of, made me realize like what it was and and my like that little it's like small and insignificant but like i was talking to him about his podcast and like hey i saw you did that that podcast thing the other day and it was really cool and i thought i like this about it like this about it and it was like everything i said it was like it was like more relaxed more relaxed more relaxed and eventually it's like you're connecting on this like deeply human empathetic level and i think for so many people like kevin hart was just talking about it the other day on the joe rogan experience it's like he wants to have a, a beautiful moment with his fans. Like when his fans come up to him, he wants to have this genuine interaction. But then they're like putting their phone in his face kind of thing. Right, right, yeah. And it's like people are and their own the, worst enemies. You kind of just have to speak your truth and, you know. Well, that's, that's the great thing I love about Dave is he does the yonder pouches. So whenever he does any shows, there's no phones in the room whatsoever. You know, yeah. so nobody can take photos. Nobody can record the material. Nobody can take selfies. right. And he did it even at the forum when we did the, the New Year's Eve show last year, you know, with the John. And uh, I mean, it's like 17,000 phone pouches. I mean, he's really serious about That's it. That's crazy. You know? So that I was, think that's um, so awesome. I, one of my favorite pictures, and I actually took a, just in closing here, um, I just screenshotted a few of my favorites that you have. Um, I love that picture of you got of of John and Dave. Uh, they're sitting on the stairs. That one that I that I posted. Oh yeah, where he's laughing. Yeah, could you maybe speak to like when you're when you're shooting in those events? I mean, obviously there's the technical stuff and all that, but uh, what are you trying to capture when you're, you know, in those kind of low light situations and and people? Yeah, it's around? it's it's really hard. Like people don't realize how difficult some of these photos are to get like in focus because right, you know. A, I'm shooting a manual focus a lot of the time. Same. You know, these these Leica M cameras are manual, and and B, it's really dark, and that's one of the advantages to me of Leica lenses and stuff is they're so amazing in the dark, and these cameras, are, you know, are incredible. And so it's taken me many years to be able to afford them, you know, and then right. becoming an ambassador is is great because I can have more access to them. But the the it's really about like 
finding the moment before the moment. Like I always yes. say, like I'm shooting ahead of what's happening. Like I'm anticipating, you know, that photo is I've already missed it. If I'm thinking about shooting it, you right. know what I mean? So I'm, I'm shooting split second ahead of the moment. And I'm hoping that the moment is what I think by instinct, the moment's going to be. And I think, that's great advice. A lot with the with the Kravitz stuff, you know, a lot of people ask me, oh my God, how did you get this photo and how did you get that? And it's such a crazy moment. It's the same thing. It's like, I didn't get that photo. I got, you know, I hit my shutter knowing, hoping that that photo was going to happen. I yes. didn't know that photo was going to happen. So part of it is, is chance and part of it is the relationship between the artist and yourself. You know, the artist knows you're there shooting you know, on a thing like Dave, I don't think he's thinking about the photos, you right. know, with musicians, they're thinking more about, you know, okay, I'm being captured right now. I got to look right. Right. Uh, so, but I think, you know, it's just, it's just anticipation and it's just meditation and, and just knowing the, having the confidence. I'll say that, that I think confidence in a photographer is 99.9% .9 of a successful shot. I agree. If you're hesitant, you're going to miss it. You know, if you're scared, you're going to miss it. If you're a little worried, you're going to miss it. You know, you're going to be like, shit, I missed that shot. Yeah. Uh, if you're really confident and even like, sometimes I'm like, I know I'm blocking somebody in the front row. I feel bad, but I've got to get that shot. You know, right. like sometimes people hit me like on the Lenny tours, people would like hit my head or like, you know, right. like, for me to like duck down or something. But I'm like, I will as soon as I get that shot, you know, right. and for I'm sorry, sure. but. It's been an incredible conversation. Thank you for doing this. Uh, where can people Thank find you, you online? What's the your, your social handles? So, you know, I'm Candy T Man on Twitter and Instagram. Just my name on Facebook. What's I have my website, about? Matthew B. I gotta ask. Oh, look right behind me—the poster for the Candy Tangerine Man. Dude, That's, uh, that is a cool poster. That 1975 uh, black exploitation film. It's a really terrible movie that I love. And I love terrible movies. Basically. The guy is a, is a pimp at night and a total normal family man by day. So that's who I, I, uh, <laughs> I modeled, my, I modeled myself true. after. And so <laughs> when we worked on that book, uh, what it is, what it was that I mentioned on the, the Tarantino book, mm -hmm. um, we used to bring in like, you know, I used to bring in movies and posters and stuff. And one night we watched Candy Tangerine Man and everybody started calling me Candy Tangerine Man. Oh, wow. And then... Uh, another friend of mine at Universal Music, uh, Harry Weinger, who's the guy who like puts together like every great Motown thing, every great like Stevie Wonder, Mar like he's the one who put together this Marvin Gaye record. Like so, Harry and I used to be part of this thing called the Funk Lab back in the '90s in New York when I lived in New York. Right. And we used to get together and basically put together compilations, the Funk Box that came out in 2000, maybe. Uh, uh, was part of that the, the compilation called Funk on Film, which was a black exploitation soundtrack thing that I, I got to design all these things. Harry was a, very instrumental in getting my career started too as a as a designer, and so Harry was like, "Oh, we need to all have nicknames." Like he was the big chill, <laughs> and then I was like, "I was like, well, people have been calling me Candy Tangerine Man, so I'll be Candy Tangerine Man." And so when social media came out, I was like. That's too long of a handle, so I right. made it Candy T Man. Yeah, you're a very cool, so, very French name. And you yeah, have to get so it a little shorter. Exactly. So Matthew? instead of Candy Thank Tangerine Man. <laughs> anyway, thanks, brother. Cheers, right. it's been really great. All right, good talking to you, man. Thank, Thank you. Bye-bye.